Mic check one two one two. 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 We back another episode of Taste to Consider podcast. Let's go. Let's go. It's been a minute. Let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back. We back for another episode of Taste to Consider Podcast. It's been a minute. There's been a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening since I last met with you. Uh, What has been like a month, a good month since I last met with you? Um, Y'all know how I do. Y'all know I record off of vibes and I just wasn't really feeling it. Well, I ain't going to say I wasn't feeling it because I recorded with the UNU podcast. We came back together, recorded. Check that out on all platforms. Same platforms you can find a Taste to Consider podcast on. Also, check out Unprocessed Knowledge podcast. Same platforms. Three stars, two bars, same platform. Separate the two, same platform. We out here. Um, I'm chilling. Got the red cup out. I ain't even break out the glass. Got the red cup out. Got the mini cigar out. Um, in the red cup, I got some Hennessy. And take a sip. Uh, my cigar. Got a mini cigar. Drew Estate. Uh, Acid Cigar. Mini Cigar. Blue Connecticut Cigar. And burning my incense. Uh, got my throat chakra incense burning right now. I usually burn those every time I record, no matter if it's a taste to consider podcast or unproductive and unapologetic podcast. Yeah, it's been a month since y'all last heard from me. Um, hey, like I say, um, the vibe wasn't ready, and I'm glad it didn't because there's a lot of stuff that's been going on, a lot of stuff that I wanted to discuss, and make sure you check out the uh, Unproductive Unapologetic podcast, though. You know, we had a good conversation, nice, a nice long conversation. We talked about a few things, stuff that's going on in the uh, world right now, world, country, um, yeah. 2020 has been 2020 and as you know and I was going to keep this episode just you know like a a a, a just a just the taste um episode and but a topic not a topic a title came to me and this episode will be entitled Holla if you hear me. And you know, I got a lot of a lot of things to discuss on my outline right now. Um 
a lot of stuff has been going on since I last met with y'all. And of course, uh, first thing I wanted to discuss was Chadwick Boseman and, you know, everything that happened with that situation, sad situation. I'm going to take a moment of silence for Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman, he passed, unfortunate passing. Um, I'm just going to read a quote by him, start off with that. Uh, He said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I use everything you gave me. Uh, That was a deep quote right there. Um, Yeah. Definitely a loss in the community, definitely a loss in Hollywood. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a a tough loss for his family. And, yeah, his death definitely uh, put some things in, in, uh, things in perspective, you know, his passing, um, when I thought about him passing, I was just thinking about, you know, all the things he did while he was going through his cancer diagnosis and his, you know, the disease. And how he played so many iconic roles in the midst of, you know, going through that struggle. And... I didn't, you know, wasn't necessarily related to me because I know a lot of people have done that. And there's no judgment on that. You know, everybody can do what they do. But a lot of people were relating his trauma to their lives when it came to, quote, unquote, hustling. And... I didn't want to do that for the simple fact that, you know, we all have our individual paths that we live. And, you know, that was his path that he had to go through, the path that he lived. We all have our individual paths. And I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't think about it, but I definitely looked at it as though, you know, I sit around at times and, It's things that I have planned that I want to do, you know, podcasts that I want to have and, you know, how I don't record regularly all the time. I'm not consistent with my recording and stuff. But, you know, I have my path. He he had his path and, you know, we all have our individual paths, so we shouldn't be judging each other based on if we're not getting certain things done, you know, because... When it's time to get something done or when it's when it's an actual moment for us to get something done, you know, it'll get done. You know, we'll have that motivation. That motivation will will come about where we will get whatever we have planned done, you know. And that was, you know, during the midst of him going through his cancer diagnosis and he had the motivation to continue working and stuff like that. 
and we all have our individual roles and our paths and stuff like that. And, you know, some at times we don't have the motivation to get certain things done. And I looked at it as, you know, when I don't have that motivation, that is just not the right time, you know. Because I don't look at, you know, the the path that I'm on and the realizations that I've came about. Certain things just aren't meant for me to do that I that I have planned, you know. God has a plan for all of us, and I'm not trying to get all deep and spiritual on y'all, but... I mean, it is what it is. Some things that we, we're meant to do and some things that we aren't. And I, I definitely believe that God, when he wants us to get certain things done, he will give us that motivation for it. So um, one thing that did bring some awareness or perspective to me was the fact of about, you know, health. And a few months ago, I went and got a physical I think that was back in July. You know, I did the physical, got my tests done, blood work done, urine and stuff like that. And, you know, when I met with the doctor, in that moment that I was meeting with him, uh, he was supposed to be my primary care doctor. I didn't necessarily feel comfortable because he was a white doctor and... I didn't necessarily feel like he understood um, me as a black man and being black and, you know, the the things that we have to go through when it comes to uh, physical health. And when he was sitting there explaining certain things to me as far as when uh, we should get tested for certain things and stuff like that, it's different for for us you know, uh, black people. It's, it's different for us when it comes to getting tested for certain things. I mean, Chadwick was 43 years old, and the cancer he died from, when you're supposed to start getting screened for that, is like at the age of 50. And when he was diagnosed with it, was he was in his, his late 30s. So it's like I was sitting there, and he was explaining certain things to me and stuff like that. I was just sitting there. I was like, I just wasn't feeling right. I wasn't feeling connected to him. And I was thinking, like, you know, I need to get me a black primary care doctor. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to get a a black therapist. And, you know, all the all health, mental, emotional, physical health, they're all important. They all work together, even spiritual health. Um, and I feel like I needed to connect with somebody who understood the culture, um, the black family dynamic when I was looking for a therapist and I had a black woman therapist and she understood certain aspects of, you know, our community and stuff like that. But I didn't feel like the, the white primary care doctor understood those same things. And even before I had the black female, the black woman therapist, I had a, a white male therapist, and I didn't, I didn't feel necessarily totally comfortable with him at the time because, you know, when I would explain certain things to him, uh, some of his responses just didn't match up with how I was feeling or the, the black family dynamic when it came to me explaining certain things about 
my relationship with my mom or with my dad and stuff like that. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped, you know, working with him and decided to go with a, a black woman therapist. But I recently posted a new blog post on my um, my blog site, uh, greatestiamblog.com. Check it out. The blog post is entitled, I Am All I Need. And I plan to do a more in-depth, a more in-depth um, analysis or synopsis of that blog post because I didn't really go into too much detail on the blog post, but I plan to do it on the podcast and. Um, me and my therapist, well, my former therapist, which was a black woman, um, we decided to part ways and I've been in the process of looking for a black male therapist and she agreed that that's probably the way that I should go. And that's exact, that's initially where I was trying to go when I was looking for a second therapist, but at the time, I couldn't find a black therapist, a black male therapist. And at the moment, at that particular moment, I resonated with her when I was looking up therapists. And excuse me, that's burp number one, starting early. But I definitely um, connected with her, and she definitely helped me get through. Um, some situations that I've gone through and certain patterns and habits and stuff that I picked up. But I'll go into all of that in my next uh, podcast episode. But I definitely feel like it's important um, for us as black people and particularly black males that we connect with black medical uh, professionals, whether it be in the the physical realm or the uh, mental and emotional realm, and even spiritual, um, whether you go to a pastor or even uh, a spiritual practitioner. Um, but yeah, because the way that our, the U.S. healthcare system is set up when a lot of these tests and stuff that they that they have out here screenings that you're supposed to get done at certain ages you know those systems were set up according to you know i mean let's be honest white people um we live in a, a white supremacy world um white privilege whatever you want to call it and those are two different things but um The system is set up for them, and they don't cater to us. So it's, it's important for us to definitely connect with black medical practitioners and, you know, discuss our concerns, our 
ask the questions that we need to ask and stuff like that. Because the healthcare system, I mean, even with all the, the stuff that Chadwick went through and his passing and stuff, you know, I came to understand even more that if if you're not in that specific age bracket that they that the medical or healthcare system says that you should get screened for, the insurance companies won't even cover it. You know, you'll be paying out of pocket to get screened for something thousands of dollars because you're not in that age bracket. And that's just that's just not right. And there's something that, you know, as as black people that we've been accustomed to when it comes to all of the systems in this country, whether it be the political system, the justice system, and you got the healthcare system. But um yeah, rest in peace to Chadwick. He's definitely gonna be missed, but he's definitely left a a strong uh legacy and a strong presence um for us. And he's definitely gonna be missed. Um I've definitely it's definitely been difficult for me just to even watch Black Panther. Um because I don't think that I've necessarily accepted the fact that he's gone, you know, because, you know, when you think about about Black Panther, you think about Chadwick. And even when it comes down to that, like, I feel like his greatest role to me was the one that he played um, as James Brown. Like, I love that movie, Get On Up. I love that movie. And it was a great movie. I feel like he embodied that. Um you know, he's played Jackie Robinson, he played Thurgood Marshall, he's played some amazing roles, and he's definitely going to be missed. But he definitely, um, if, if you know, if I could say that he definitely fulfilled his, his purpose on the physical world, and, you know, he will definitely be missed. Well, today... Um, I took off of work. I was off of work today, and uh, we're in September now. It's been a month since I last recorded, and I took myself on a date. September is take a man on a date month, <laughs> and I took myself on a date. Yes, I took myself on a date. I went to the movies. I t- I'm a cheap date. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cheap date. I took myself on a date, a $20 date. Um Paid for my movie ticket, got my $5 popcorn. Um, shoot, I would have been even cheaper if I didn't go see the movie in, in the Dolby screen. Shout out to my man Littles for that recommendation. Um, I went to go see Tenet today. Tenet, that movie, uh, the star of the movie was John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son, as well as Robert Patterson. The director was um, Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan directed the the last uh, Batman trilogy. Um, it was a great movie. The movie was two and a half hours long. Right when the movie started, I had to use the damn bathroom, but I stayed and watched the whole movie two and a half hours. I didn't get up. Uh, the movie was real good. Um, I'm glad that, you know, my first time back going to the movies since the pandemic that I saw some, I saw a great movie. 
Real good movie. Um, one of the first things that I thought about when I saw the movie was the Mandela effect. And if you don't know about the Mandela effect, go on Google and look up the Mandela effect. And I'm going to leave it there. Movie was great, though. Uh, John David Washington, he did a great job. And actually, um, Robert Patterson, if you don't know him, he was uh, in the Twilight movies. And um, he's actually the current Batman. Um, that movie should be coming out, I think, next year. Uh, yeah, so like I said, this episode was just going to be, um, I was going to title it uh, Just a Taste Part 3, but another title popped in my head is Holla If You Hear Me. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of stuff that went on since the last time that I've talked to you. Um, one of the, I'm just spitballing stuff that I got on my outline that um, I thought that that I wanted to talk about, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right, Lori Laughlin. Um, if you don't remember her, she was uh, arrested uh, for uh, getting pain to get her kid into college, and if you don't know her, she is Aunt Becky off of Full House, and the crazy thing about her was the fact that <laughs> she was sentenced to two months in prison, but she gets to pick her prison. Some crazy shit, man. That's white privilege for your ass right there. That is white privilege for you. Two months sentence, plus you get to pick where she uh, sits at. <laughs> so she can sit. She can literally say that you know, for those two months, I just send me at you know, let me sit at home, house arrest. Let me get house arrest. Because if she would have went to prison, they would have let her out in a couple of days anyway and said that the, they let her out because of overcrowding or some shit like that. Man, I tell you, boy, white privilege. As, as great as white privilege is, I would still want to be black. I love being black, don't you? As, as stressful as it is at, at times, and it's been stressful a lot lately, but, you know, it's just it's just good just being black, you know, having that soul. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of stuff going on. And there was something that, um, I saw online that caught my attention. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, something that, uh, Chris Rock, he did an interview for a magazine and I don't know the magazine off, offhand, but. Excuse me. Um, he said this about Obama, and I thought it was real interesting. and something that I definitely agree with. And this is from Chris Rock. It's real. It's not going away. I said this before, but Obama becoming the president is progress for white people. It's not progress for black people. It's the Jackie Robinson thing. It's written like he broke a barrier as if there weren't black people that could play before him. And that's how white people have learned about racism. They think when these people work hard enough, they'll be like Jackie. And the real narrative should be that these people, the black people, are being abused by a group of people that are mentally handicapped. And we're trying to get them past their mental handicaps to see that all people are equal. Humanity is in progress. 
is only progress for the person that's taking your humanity. If a woman's in an abusive relationship and her husband stops beating her, you wouldn't say she's made progress, right? But that's what we do with black people. We're constantly told that we're making progress. The relationship we're in, the arranged marriage that we're in, it's that we're getting beat less. And that was a powerful that was a powerful uh statement by Chris Rock. It really was because that's how I that's how I have felt about uh the Obama presidency. And I'm not going to lie when he was first elected, you know, I was excited, you know. I I really thought that, you know, it was it was going to be a change. And I remember when he got elected, I played the Sam Cooke song, A Change Is Gonna Come, because I just knew that it was going to be uh, a change. No, but when it comes down to it, those eight years of Obama was like a painting where the the background was black. But the whole concept of the painting had nothing to do with that. We were mesmerized and romanticized by Obama's black skin color. But he didn't do anything for the black community. He really didn't. And, you know, that was more so for the white community. It was for them to say, you know, you got some progress, now shut up. You know, stop complaining. Stop your complaining. You've been complaining for so long. Now you got your black president. Shoot, that's progress for you right there. What you what you need to be keep doing all this complaining for? You know, shoot. You would have never thought that there would have been a black president. We never thought it, and you got it. So it shouldn't be nothing else that you need to complain about. You got your progress. That was for white people to throw it in our face. You know, throw it in our face and tell us to shut up and live. Just like the that female commentator on the Fox News told was talking about LeBron, shut up and dribble, you know. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I thought about recording this episode before, you know, I gathered all this other information to put in the episode. And this episode was basically was going to be about the so-called boycott that the NBA players did, that one-day boycott or strike that they did, and that was just bullshit, you know? It was the same old shit that we all go through, like I spoke about before, about the symbolism of things, you know? We had that one-day moment of symbolism of this supposed boycott, but it didn't amount to anything. They did this one-day boycott, and... It turned out to be a situation where they 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 agreed to turn the basketball arenas into voting facilities. What kind of shit is that, man? That's some bullshit. <laughs> it's it's bullshit and it's pandering, man. It's just straight. It's more symbolism. Like the they painted the Black Lives Matter on the streets. It's more symbolism, you know. That's just what we get. We're not getting the reparations that we deserve. We're not getting the the supposed equal rights that we've been looking for for what, 40, 50 years. It's just more pandering. It's sad, man, because 
I w- I got hyped when you know the NBA players did this supposed boycott because I was like, you know, we we finally using our power, our you know the power that we have when it comes to black people because you know, like I've talked about before in in previous podcasts about how the black community look at entertainers and sports figures and stuff like that as the leaders of the community. And they was actually going to use their power, but it was bullshit. It was, it was straight up bullshit. So, yeah, a lot of shit going on uh, since I last recorded. One of the things that stood out to me was um, this this stuff where they came out with this where wear their name's jewelry made out of shattered glass from the Charlotte riot. They took the glass from this company. Um, The company were... um, It was two Asian people, and they took the glass from the Charlotte riots, and they named each pieces after people that were killed, black people that were killed from the, just in the United States, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, Maude Arbery, et cetera, et cetera. And they put names on these pieces of jewelry and selling it. You know, this is just more BS, it's more pandering that they doing. They using us as props, they using us as um material objects is it's not about justice it's about making a dollar it's about <clears throat> excuse me burp too it's about capitalism capitalism previous episode that I did about capitalism <laughs> it's just more capitalism you know they using this as props you know pandering uh tactics and pieces to make money and stuff um they just look at us as property ain't ain't shit changed from the time that we've been used as slaves to build this country they still using us as such it's upsetting, but it's not surprising to me at least. And even with the the Breonna Taylor uh incident and recently stuff has been coming out about um that and how the officer, Louisville police officer Brett Hankinson, he was charged with three felony counts of wonton i guess that's how you pronounce it wonton endangerment for the bullets that went into other apartments but he wasn't charged for brianna's death he was given a fifteen thousand dollar cash bond and none of the other officers that was involved in the incident were charged (laughs) i mean come on man they they telling us how they feel about us and they've been telling us for years It's, it's sad man i mean he was basically charged for putting other people in danger instead of being charged for actually killing somebody. 
<laughs> he was charged for putting bullets into walls of other apartments instead of killing, actually killing somebody. I mean, like, that's some crazy shit right there. It's like we, we repeating cycles. We repeating the cycle over and over again. And there was something that I saw on Twitter that was that explained it perfectly. It was like murder, Benjamin Crump, Sean King, outrage, protest, cash settlement, forgiveness, no charges or no convention, convictions. We forget about it. Wash, rinse, repeat the cycle. We've just been doing this shit over and over again for decades. But particularly in the public eye since 2012 when Trayvon Martin was killed. I mean, like, shit is, is it's like a slap in the face. It's, it's, it's beyond a slap in the face at this point. But we continue pushing towards the narrative of, oh, we got to vote. We got to vote. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like. We still talking about voting and the mayor and the prosecutor are Democrats that were involved in the Breonna Taylor stuff. It was crazy, man. And then with the Breonna Taylor stuff, I talked about it and still lynching. We jumped right back to the point where is black men versus black women. You got this narrative jumping all over on social media and stuff of black women not being protected protected, and black men being the cause of it as opposed to white men, the police officers, white privilege, or the white supremacy system that we live in. So... We getting caught up into this this narrative of black man against black woman. What I've talked about on still lynching, we in the Willie Lynch syndrome where we fighting amongst ourselves and the enemy, the real enemy, is sitting there laughing at us, watching us, continue pulling our strings on this narrative. And then... They using stuff that's in the celebrity to players. Had to take a sip. But um yeah, you got the Tory Lanes, you got the Meg stuff. I talked about this last episode. Talked about how Tory Lanes was on that BS. You know, whether we know the full truth or not, the facts that we have is that Meg was shot in the foot. And what's being told to us is Tory Lanez did it. And I'm not saying that I don't believe it and I don't agree with it, but I came up with this myself. There are four sides to the story. They always say it's three sides. You got your two sides and you got the truth. But I feel like there are four sides to the story. You got your two sides, you got the truth, and you got what you can prove. 
And what is being proven right now is that Tory Lanez shot Meg in the foot. Tory Lanez, um, he on that, that BS. And recently, he released the album. And, you know, he basically pushed the narrative of him not shooting Meg. And to me, he's pushing the narrative of an abusive man. You know, you we've seen it plenty of times on movies, and I know plenty of times that people have been involved in it, whether they've been directly involved in it or they've been an outsider looking at it, where an abusive man abused a woman, and he came out apologized, professing his love and all that other stuff, and that's basically what Tori was doing on this album. And I just, it's just bad timing. Whether he did it or not, it's bad timing. He came out with this album like a day after the Breonna Taylor indictment happened with the officer. Um, saying that he didn't do it. Talking about how much he loved um, Meg and how he wished none of this would have happened. But then at the same time, he dissing other black women. I mean, like this dude right now is on some Napoleon complex type shit. Like, I've already explained to it. That nigga ain't, he's not no street guy. Because when it comes down to it, street guys don't involve women or children. There's some clown shit that he's doing right now. And it always amazed me how uh, women would always gravitate towards these fake street guys or fake thug guys or whatever. But... That's not an excuse. Tory Lanez on that BS. And he doing some some straight sucker shit. And I'm looking at it like how I explained it on the last episode. Tory Lanez is not, he's not from America. And not saying that's an excuse or anything, but his view on things being from this country and being entrenched into the black community and stuff like that, he looks at it totally different because he's from Canada. And also, I feel like he's just on some, he's just a straight narcissist. That nigga is just a straight narcissist. He's basically trying to get attention off of shooting shooting a female and trying to make it as though as he's the victim. <laughs> and that's usually what narcissists do. They try to make themselves victims when they were the person who committed such acts. You know, it's just crazy. But I'm pretty sure, like, as 2020 has been happening, and like I've said before, back in January when I first started recording for season two, 2020 is just a mirror for everybody. A lot of shit is going to come out. We're going to have to face ourselves individually and collectively, and we're facing ourselves totally. You know, a lot of stuff has been coming out in the political realm and the world, uh, in our own lives and stuff like that. And we're going to have to come to some realizations on stuff. And you look at it like with the Trump stuff, 
recently his taxes and all that, man, stuff is just coming out like <laughs> like it ain't nothing. <laughs> um you got Trump and his his taxes situation recently came out and how he paid $750 um in taxes and what was it? Let me see. Um what was it 2015, 2016, and 10 years out of the 15 years, he ain't paid nothing. Man, this shit is crazy. Shit is straight crazy. <laughs> but that's white privilege for you right there. That's the white supremacy system right there. They structured these tax laws in order to benefit them. They taken from the poor. And they benefiting themselves, you know. So we shouldn't be surprised. It was only a matter of time for it to come out. And I'm not surprised that it came out when it did because today is Monday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, he's going to be in doing a debate with Joe Biden. So this is going to be a point that they're going to focus on during that debate. You know, these political parties are working overtime. I always looked at it like Democrats, Republicans, they the same. They two different wings on the same bird, you know. They want the same thing, but they just want to be the winners. You know, they wanna they wanna sway, they wanna sway to their side when it's convenient for them. So they always fighting for the same bull crap, but they just wanna be the ones that's in control. Trump, he recently um, came out with his uh, platinum plan for black America. And let me read this. And it says on Friday, that was last Friday, President Trump unrolled what he refers to as a platinum plan for black America, calling for increased investment in black businesses and additional capital for black entrepreneurs. The president also announced support for Juneteenth to be recognized as a national holiday. Trump's proposed plan, which purports to be built on four pillars of opportunity, security, prosperity, and fairness, calls for a range of measures in support of the black businesses and families. Included in the plan is a call for almost $500 billion of capital investment in the black community with much of it coming from increased federal contracting opportunities and other investments. He also called for 500,000 new black businesses and 3 million jobs for black Americans. Trump's plan also calls to increase the number of black-owned contracting businesses, financial services entities, and private equity investment funds by means of regulatory reform and up to $40 billion in government funding, as well as leveraging infrastructure funding to increase opportunity for black businesses in federal contracting. In addition to the economic aspects of the plan, the president's plan proposes a range of other commitments to the black community, including criminal justice reforms that include diversity training for police forces, in addition, the president is promising a national clemency program to unite families 
and invest in human potential focusing on wrongful prosecution and rehabilitation. Notably, Trump also announced in Atlanta that he supports making Juneteenth a national holiday, something that has been teased for several days now. The plan also proposes prosecuting KKK and Antifa as terrorist organizations. Notably, the president's plan doesn't mention far-right and white nationalist organizations, which federal law officials have identified as key proponents of race-based hate in America. And like I said, that's just more pandering because a couple of weeks before that, Trump was talking about defunding educational systems and schools and stuff that were teaching the 1619 Project. And if you don't know what the 1619 Project is, that was talking about the the beginning of slavery in the United States. Um, it's just straight pandering. I mean, we got... This is just the the shit that we got to deal with when they when election time comes around pandering to the black community and we fall for it every damn time. I mean, even that I discussed about Kamala Harris and her being selected as the vice president and it's just more pandering. And I got a clip that I'm going to pull up and it was an interview that Kamala Harris did with Angela Rye, and Angela Rye asked her about the Breonna Taylor case. So let me pull this up one second. Hold on. Her name. The attorney general in the state, Daniel Cameron, did just that at the RNC. He spoke her name, and then there are these charges for bullets shot into the home of her white neighbor, but not bullets um, that killed Breonna Taylor. Given the fact that you were a prosecutor, would you have pressed charges against the three officers involved in the case? Well, I don't, I don't know all the details of the case, but I will say this, that there needs to be transparency about what happened and that family and that community deserve justice. Yeah. And um, and that's just the bottom line. And that's speak- the bottom line. But she didn't really say what justice. What type of justice does Breonna Taylor's? Excuse me. What type of justice does Breonna Taylor's family should be getting? I mean, she was on code with speaking what they normally speak. I mean, we've heard Obama say this plenty of times back in the day when black people were getting killed when he was the president. I mean, I know people, this is going to ruffle people's feathers when I say this, but this is just more pandering. This is this is bullshit. They playing the game right here. She's a former prosecutor, so she was in prosecutor mode when she was speaking that. And like I've said plenty of times, I feel like Trump is, is I'm glad that Trump is in office because... Trump is not the problem. Trump is a symptom of the problem. Trump is just a symptom of all the shit that this country was built on. We sitting here blaming Trump for everything, but Trump is just one symptom of the actual disease of this country. This this country was built on a total disease. And Trump is just pulling up and pointing out every symptom 
that this country was built upon. You got these white nationalist organizations popping up everywhere. They're getting more emboldened. You got white people going crazy, doing the coronavirus stuff, mad because they got to wear masks. They, um, you got the Karens out here. You got all that bullshit. That is just a symptom. We thought that it was a change change happening when Obama was in office for eight years. But it was nothing. As soon as Trump got in the office, people was emboldened. That's just like you cold, you got a you got the flu. You take some third flu. That calmed the symptoms down. That was Obama right there. Obama was the third flu. He calmed the symptoms down. And if that third flu don't work and you not changing how you actually you're not changing your your physical health your mental health and stuff like that 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 flu gonna pop right back up if you're not taking care of yourself right so if you're not changing anything you just gonna catch the flu again and that's all it was obama got in the office he calmed the symptoms down trump got in the office we ain't changed shit so that's just shit we got the flu again and it's heightened this time because we ain't make no changes. We ain't make no damn changes. So Ch- Trump is just us having that flu again. But now it's heightened because we didn't make no changes to our physical. We ain't make no changes to our mental. We ain't make no changes emotionally or spiritually. So it's just heightened this time because we went along and did the same thing that we was going to do again. We went out there, we ain't put no coat on, we out there having a ball, shirt off in the cold, we catching the flu again, but now we're stronger, because we didn't build, we didn't change nothing, we didn't build our body stronger, everything is the same damn thing, come on now, same bullshit, same bullshit, and then you got the Democrats pandering us. With their ads and stuff like that. And one ad in particular that popped up that I thought was just crazy. But I wasn't surprised when I saw it. Because after, you know, the success of P-Valley on the Stars Network, which is a good show. Talked about the stripper culture. But then you got this ad popping out where the strippers, they had strippers on the pole and stuff. You know, saying, go vote. Go vote. You know what I'm saying? So who, who was that? Who is that ad being catered to, marketed to? Black black people, particularly black males and the black women that like to turn up, that that like that that like that culture, you know? We getting that, we got the Cardi B song out there, that WAP, you know what I'm saying? Megan the Style, you got that WAP. We all this shit is connected. How you don't see these connections? This is the this is a <laughs> As they say, a tangle where we weave, right here. All this shit is connected. Got the shit with Meg, and then Cardi recently filed for divorce. All this shit is connected. Man, I ain't trying to be the conspiracy nigga out here, but damn. <laughs> How you don't see this? Cardi filed for divorce to offset. I ain't surprised. All this shit around the same damn time. All this shit around the same damn time. I ain't got much more take on, on the Cardi B offset situation. I'm surprised they last this damn long. Honestly, you got Cardi B 
was doing the um the interviews with Joe Biden and stuff. Why? Because they know we resonate with Cardi B. Cardi B cool. Shit, I'm a fan of Cardi B. I, I, I seen her when she was on Loving Hip Hop or whatever. I I like her personality. As well as I'm sure a ton of people do. But certain people that ain't that conscious enough to see beyond just her personality and, you know, how she carry herself. She was doing interviews with Joe Biden and all this other stuff. Come on now. Shit. <laughs> Man, this shit... This shit is not a coincidence. All this shit is 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 plain, man. Come on. Say it. Recently you got the um the CEO of Wells Fargo. He came out. Let me pull this up. Um uh, hold on. Matter of fact, let me go back to the um uh, Breonna Taylor case because it's more shit that's came out since since everything that's happened. The um ballistic ballistic evidence don't support what the attorney general, um attorney general Cameron claimed about Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shooting one of the police officers. And we all know about the attorney general and how he's black. He's a Republican. We saw him at the Republican convention making his speech. No, he he on code. He on code as normally we would call him a Uncle Tom, but that ain't even the right. We need to call him Sambo. He's a Sambo. We need to stop calling these um these black black people who aren't on our side, aren't our kinfolk. What they say, um all skin folk ain't kinfolk. He ain't Uncle Tom. He's a Sambo. Look up the difference between Uncle Tom and Sambo. There's a difference. We've been calling people Uncle Tom that shouldn't be called Uncle Tom. We should have been calling their ass a Sambo. He's a Sambo. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, more stuff has been coming out about the Breonna Taylor case, about the attorney general lying about the evidence in this case. And more stuff is going to continue coming out. We're going to get to the root of everything. But are we really going to get justice? Is Breonna Taylor family going to get justice? That's the question right there. Are they? We don't know. But, yeah. The Wells Fargo CEO, he came out and said, this is his quote. While it might sound like an excuse... The unfortunate reality is that there is a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. <sighs> Do we really believe that? As us in the black community, knowing how we how we invested a lot into education, how the black community takes a lot of pride into going to college and stuff like that. Me being a college graduate from an HBCU uh, Bowie State University, and plenty of people that I've came across that went to HBCUs and stuff like that. We take education very seriously, probably more seriously than we should. 
because I'm more, I'm much more of a believer now in these days that we should get a trade before we even think about college. Um, more of the Booker T. Washington uh, path as opposed to the W.E.B. Du Bois path. But that's here no there. But yeah, he basically admitted to racially profiling and discriminating against black people when it comes to hiring. And you know, it's been plenty of years that we've heard white people complain about um shit i'm getting a blank brain i'm so i'm so hyped right now i'm getting the um affirmative action damn <laughs> i'm getting i'm so damn hyped i'm forgetting stuff we got so many times where white people have complained about affirmative action and being passed over for jobs by black people because of affirmative action and stuff like that. But then you got this white CEO coming out and saying this or whatever. And it's crazy because my mortgage is with Wells Fargo. Oh, man. And I don't even think I've heard anything since he made that statement about him stepping down or being fired or removed from that position. But, yeah, this is like, like this is the times we living in right now. And this is why, like, I feel like Trump being in office is a great thing because the symptoms are just pouring out there. We getting the truth on everything. If we sit here and have Joe Biden in office or if Obama was still in office or something like that, we wouldn't see these things. We would think everything was sweet. We thought everything was sweet with Obama. It's a crazy, it's crazy. And some other stuff, other information that I came across was uh, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter organization. And this is stuff that I've I've read for years, but it's, it's been popping up even more lately about how um, the group led by Black, Black Lives Matter um, has been physically fiscally supported by a pro-Chinese communist organization for years since its existence. And you can look it up. I mean, I'm not even going to go into it. Look it up. Like I've said plenty of times, you know, I'm just a messenger. I'm just putting the information out there. You go look it up for yourself. But the Black Lives Matter organization has been supported financially by a Chinese organization for years. So what really is the end game for the Black Black Lives Matter organization? I mean, we don't really know. We think they're for us, but what really has the Black Lives Matter organization done for us? And what happened to that Bama D-Ray with his blue vest? We ain't seen him since the uh, riots in um, Ferguson. What happened to that Bama? And we know that the Black Lives Matter movement has played a big role in everything that's been going on. But what have they really been doing for us? You got Benjamin Crump out here. Um, He's been involved in a lot of these incidents but he's only been doing civil cases and getting um financial 
um, financial um, settlements for families and stuff. But what is is really he's not really doing anything criminal. He's not getting anything done criminally when it comes to indicting these officers or any of these um, race soldiers, as you can call them. Because a lot of people is coming out saying that we're in the we're on the verge of a civil war, but I feel like the civil war has already been going on. It's, we're already in the civil war right now. I mean, you have these cops. You don't know who these cops are. These white cops. They. You've had information come out about them being part of uh, white nationalist organizations and stuff like that. So you don't know who you're dealing with. Same as with prosecutors and even the judges. You don't know who you're dealing with. We know based off of history that a lot of these politicians, a lot of these judges, a lot of these prosecutors and stuff has been part of white nationalist organizations, KKK and stuff like that. And another thing that came out about the Black Lives Matter organization is something that I read on their website before and that I talked about and still lynching 2020 episode. Um, an article came out about how Black Lives Matter had to remove language on their website. They completely shut their website down when this when this came out even though it's been on their website for a couple of years about how they were disrupting the nuclear the nuclear family family the nuclear family and if you don't know what that that is the nuclear family I'm about to let you know right now nuclear family the nuclear family, a couple and their dependent children regarded as a basic social unit. So that's basically a man and woman with their children. They had on their website for years on how they they had no mention of black men being involved in the family at all. And it's frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Because we get behind our community, we love to get behind stuff without doing research, and we just roll with we just we just roll with it. The Black Lives Matter organization, they don't believe in the traditional black family where there's a black man, a black woman in the household. They don't believe in that, and they had to shut down their website because they got called out on the disruption of that basic household unit. They ha actually had the language on their website. And you can go on Google and look this up. I mean, come on. We got to start doing research when it comes to these organizations and what their end game is and who they're really supporting. Because also when it came to the Black Lives Matter movement, when you donate funds to the Black Lives Matter unit, those funds goes directly to an organization that supports the Democratic Party. 
I wish y'all can see my face right now. I'm not I'm not video I'm not videotaping this episode, but I'm, I got the dove face. Like, I mean, come on. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. I just had to take a couple of pauses because I'm just like... <laughs> the information is out there for us to see, but we just don't want to take the time to to look it up. We don't want to take the time to look it up. I just, it's it's frustrating. And I know there's definitely plenty of people that disagree with me. There's people that argue with me on social media about it. But, I mean, <laughs> it's right out there for us to see. But like I said, this was supposed to be a quick episode. I was going to title this episode Just a Taste, Part 3. But the title of this episode is Holla If You Hear Me. Holla If You Hear Me. <laughs> um... I'm in the episode right here, but I'm going to be back to you sooner than later. Like I said, I'm going to do my next episode is going to be a more in-depth uh, analysis or synopsis of my blog post that I put up on greatestiamblog.com. I am all I need. I'm going to go more uh, in-depth on that. Uh, yeah, should be interest interesting. It will be good because I will be being vulnerable as usual. Um, and those are always interesting episodes for me because I'm the one being vulnerable. <laughs> and, you know, share, like, all that good stuff. Make sure you check out Unproductive Unapologetic Podcast. Uh, we got a new episode out. Uh, check out Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast, Three Stars, Two Bars, and uh, Separate the Two Podcasts. Um, yeah. Taste to Consider Podcast. Y'all know I always end every episode off with a song. And since the title of the episode is Holla If You Hear Me, I'm going to end it off with Tupac, Holla If You Hear Me. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Holla If You Hear Me.
back. Holler if you hear me. Holler if you hear me. Holler if you hear me. Living it up one way or another, you can give it up. I guess because I'm black boy, I'm the boy that sings songs in the cat door. But it's time for a new plan. I'll be singing like a one man clan. Here we go, turn it up, don't stop. Tell my homies on the block, get dropped by cops. I'm still around for ya. Keeping my sound on the ground for ya. And I'm gonna throw a change up. Quit, I like to never put my name up. Now my homies in the black streets, the black streets. Holler if you hear me. Holler if you hear me. Holler if you hear me. Uh. Holler if you hear me. Holler if you hear me. Taste to consider podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, what else? I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. Yeah, that's another <laughs> Google Play. Um, yeah, I'm about to finish my my self my selfie date. I'm about to go cook myself some chicken in the air fryer and uh, some okra. <laughs> About to eat some okra with my chicken. Yeah. Finish off my my selfie date. Um, yeah. I appreciate everybody listening. Um look forward to the next episode. Taste to consider podcast. Dirk Silver, I'm out. <laughs>